Restoration Church, we focus on reaching the lost, reviving their lives with the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, and restoring hearts, minds, and relationships through the power of the gospel. We are a church equipping and empowering the body of Christ to reach their full potential in Christ. We are led by lead pastor Rex and Jennifer Hare. We hope you are encouraged by this morning's message. about the word. How many of us know that prayer, how many has ever prayed and the next thing you know that you forget where you're at and you begin to praise? Yes. Come on. Anybody ever been in that place? Yes. When you begin to pray, you may be down by the creek, it may be in your prayer time, it may be in your car, it may be down by the lake, it may be on your bass boat, amen. Come on, man. Yes. It may be wherever you at, it may be in your job, it may be in your prayer closet, but how many know that when you pray that something called the Holy Spirit will take you to another place. Amen? Amen. Amen. It will take you to a place, and the Bible calls it a spirit of prayer. A spirit of prayer. Now, we're not talking about something demonic, but we're talking about something holy. We're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to go to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. And we're going to start with verse uh, 35. Uh, 25. I'm sorry, not 35. You're right. 25. And we're going to read. Y'all stand with us for the reading of the word this morning. If you'll help me, I'll be brief. We're going to take in new members today. We're going to baptize. We're going to eat together. We're going to have a full day today. Let's read the word together. In Acts chapter 16, verses, verse, starting with verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Notice that. The other prisoners were listening. Suddenly there was a, such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken at once. All the prison doors fell, flew open, and everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. In verse 28, it said, But Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself. We're all here. And then the jailer, the jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all of his family were baptized. And verse 34, the jailer brought them into the house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. Stretch your hands this way and ask God to bless us and anoint us with the preaching and teaching of his word together. Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you and we thank you for the power of your word that not one jot or one tittle is going to go away, but God, it's going to be fulfilled. I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you for the anointing power of your Holy Spirit that I feel in this room today. I thank you for this people that's gathered here today to hear your word and to worship you. And God, I pray that you would anoint us and use us, that you give us ears to hear your word, not just to be hearers, but as your word proclaims, but to be doers of your word. That's the promise, to be doers of your word. That's the obedience. And we ask that God, this word would change us 
and sanctify us, that your Holy Spirit would fill us and that we'd be forever changed and be evangelists for your kingdom. And all the church said amen, amen. and amen. amen and amen. You can be seated if you would like. I want to talk to you this morning about praise. How many of you know that we don't get up every day and it's easy to praise? Come on. Everybody get up that way? Amen. How many are, are those coffee type people? You get up in the morning and you got to have your coffee. Come on, Marie. Raise your hand. I know Marie and David drink a lot of coffee because when I'm around them, they always have a coffee mug. How many is that coffee type person? My wife will tell you that the first thing that Rex is going to do is put his clothes on when he gets out of bed. And I know that's extra information that you don't need. But he's going to put his clothes on. He's going to go wash his face and get, get, a, or get a shower, whatever he's got to do that morning. And then he's going to fix a cup of then I'm going to have some time with the Lord. That's just the way I do it in the mornings. That's the way I do, do it. But I'm going to tell you, a lot of times in our lives, we don't get up every morning 10 foot tall and bulletproof. Y'all know that's an illustration that I use a lot of times. We don't get up ready to conquer the world. But how many of you know that when we go into our prayer room, we may enter as little kittens? How many of you ever seen the little illustration of the little kittens entering the prayer room? And when you come out, you're bold as a lion. Come on. Yeah. You come out of that prayer room, something has happened to you. The Bible talks about that prayer is the way that a Christian communicates to God. Now, if we're having communication, y'all help me today, church. Communication is not one way. Come on, you women say, I thought it was all these years. I don't know if he's listening to me or not, Pastor. Come on. Amen. Well, that's a whole other series. Let's not go there this morning. But I want you to look at with me this morning. Prayer is not one-sided. It's not me giving a list of what I need God to do, it's me hearing from God of what he wants me to do. Yeah. Come on. Come on and help me today, church. Y'all gonna help me? We'll get closer to the chicken. We'll get a little closer to the chicken if y'all help me, okay? You don't even have to go to Cracker Barrel today. You can go right down to the fellowship hall. Amen. And all the church said amen. Amen. I knew, I, I knew I'd get a fire going on that one. But prayer is a two-sided thing. It is communication between myself and Almighty God. And it is ushered into the throne room by the power of the Holy Spirit. We know today that Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father, ever making intercession for us. Because why? Because the Word tells me so. The Holy Spirit, or the Spirit of God Himself, dwells in us. Come on. Y'all want to help me today? So Apostle Paul and Silas were in prison and thrown into prison unjustly. Doesn't it tell a little later that they were unjustly thrown into prison and beaten? But they were in prison and they decided to start singing some worship hymns. The Bible says that they sang hymns about midnight. They started to sing hymns. And the Bible also said that the scripture tells us that others begin to listen. How many of us know your praise affects others? Come on, y'all help me. Yeah. If you get into a place, I don't care about circumstances. I don't care about what's going on around me. I just got to praise my God. Y'all might as well just help me today. I've got to lift him up. I've got to praise him. Because I can tell you, Brian, if he never does another thing to me or me or to me, he don't have to. He's been that good. Amen? Yeah. He's been that good. But when I get my mindset on the things of God and who he is and who his character is and who he is as a God, I forget about my frailness. Come on. Yeah. I forget about my failures, my disappointments, the warfare that's going on around me. Yeah. That means another word of war. Yes. Also, Paul talks about that in depth in Ephesians. He says, we are in a war. 
and you're not fighting people, you're fighting the spirit of the enemy. Also, Paul said it's the spirit of the Antichrist is what he thought. And it's already unleashed on this world. We wonder a lot of times, Sister Marianne, why we can't draw joy from places that have no joy. Come on. It's what we consume will change us or will discourage us. Yeah. Now, Paul and Silas was in where? Their praise didn't change their position. They were still in prison. Right. But their praise changed the atmosphere. Come on. Yeah. Matter of fact, when their chains were loosened and the earthquake happened and the word of God said all the shackles and chains fell off of every prisoner, they did not run out. They were there to preach the gospel. Come on, somebody. I'm talking to somebody today and I'm going to preach whether you help me or not. God will put you in places that's uncomfortable, maybe in a prison, maybe in a place where you don't want to be, but he's put you there as an evangelist to change somebody else's life. I can tell you today, church, in the uncomfortable places, I'm going to have myself a time today before we even get to the chicken, okay? If we get in a place and a mindset where I'm going to praise God regardless and I'm going to praise God through it, He will change your circumstances. Because you can't put God in a dreary prison without God re re rearranging the furniture. Come on. You say, well, tell me how, Pastor. The Bible says that they prayed and they sang songs and the other prisoners around them listened to them. They were listening to them. And all of a sudden, something we, we the, the writer wrote in Luke as something that's an earthquake happened and their chains fell off. And immediately, something took place. What took place? Evangelism began to happen. You say, well, Pastor Rex, can God use me in my dark place or in my struggle to reach somebody else? You believe it. You can believe it. Amen. To that, I can say, if you said it, we believe it. Lord. Because the Apostle Paul wrote a large portion of the New Testament, and he wasn't in good circumstances 80% of the time. Come on. Yeah. Matter of fact, he was in dire straits the majority of the time, and he was the one that was, that was he knew about sorrow, and he knew about hard times. Come on. We've got this mindset in the church today. When I get saved, everything's going to be rosy and everything's going to be peachy. And I'm going to have millions of dollars in the bank account. And my husband's going to look good all the time. My wife's going to look good all the time. They are always going to love me and say, hey. They're going to be falling in love with They're just going to love me every day. And everything's going to be good. And the kids are never going to get messed up and do anything wrong or make mistakes. And my job is going to come on. Do we believe that? There's a lot of people that believe that because I come to know the Lord, all my problems are over. And I tell you, and I don't want to discourage you, when you come to know the Lord, a lot of your problems are just begun. Yeah. The Bible says that you're going to be persecuted for his name's sake. Is that not right? You're going to be persecuted for his name's sake. But Jesus said it like this, take heart because I've overcome the world. So if I have the spirit of Jesus Christ living in me, I am not someone for the devil to get dirt on and to beat me down. I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Amen. I am not. He has made me the head and not the tail. Above and not the beat. Do I tell the devil that? Yeah. Or do I take what he sends my way? Paul and Silas said we're going to praise him anyway. We don't know what's going to happen, but we're going to praise him anyway. So they're set there praising. The earthquake happens. The chains fall off. Something's about to happen. 
The Bible says that Paul lifted his voice. The jailer knows if his prisoners escape, he was going to be if your prisoners escape as a Roman prisoner, as a Roman jailer or a soldier, you were going to be. So he takes his sword, is going to kill himself with his sword, and Paul cries out, do not harm yourself. We are all here. Can I tell you today, church, hear what I'm saying. In the worst of the worst places in our life, God will use you as that voice to tell somebody else not to harm themselves. And you say, well, explain that to me a little bit. I'm telling you, this is Rex in a nutshell. God taught me a lesson these last few months. We're so busy, Rex, this is what God taught me. You're so busy trying to get out of the problem, you're not learning what I'm trying to teach you in the problem. Amen. We're so busy ready to get back to the mountaintop, Brother Keith, that he can't teach me nothing in the valley. Come on. We're so, we're so busy trying to get to the good times that we can't understand what God's doing in the bad times. Listen, in the bad times, God's still good. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't help but to believe that Paul and Silas would have seen something like, if you said it, we believe it. Because you're a man of your words. Come on. Yeah. I don't know. They may be singing Amazing Grace. Come on. They may be singing When We All Get to Heaven. Come on. They might have been singing some of those old hymns. They may have been, been singing, uh, I don't know what they may have They may have been singing some hill song or some elevation worship. But I know this, God visited them. Yeah. He sent the power of his Holy Spirit to shake a room because of two men's praise. And because of two men's praise, in a dire circumstances, revival took place. Come on. So the next thing you know, the man that helped beat him and throw him in prison has them where? Feeding them, washing their wounds, and putting medicine on, probably putting a band-aid on, whatever it took, and cooking them a meal. Can I tell you, the power of the Holy Spirit that God wants to place on his church will cause your enemies to bow before you and ask you for the answer. Yeah. I'm going to let that sink in just a minute. The Bible said in the last days, the signs and the wonders will follow them. So if the signs and the wonders follow them, don't you think that people around us are going to be changed by the signs and the wonders that follow us and they're going to want some of that? Come on. Come on. You don't believe it? Okay. What happens? Women, when you go to the store, I'm going to pick. I know I'm going to do this every Sunday. See, I used to do it by that. You're going to do what? You're going to buy something that's fashionable, right? Mm -hmm. Come on, guys. We don't know what's fashionable. We just wait for our wives to tell us we should wear these, right? Yeah. Every man said amen. Amen. Yeah. But we don't know what's fashionable. You know, my wife, every Sunday morning, she's going to pick out what, I, what she wants me to wear. She's going to lay it on the bed. You know what I'm going to do? Solomon said in Proverbs, above all else, get wisdom. And understanding. You know what I've become to understand after 30 years of marriage? If she says it, I believe it. <laughs> Swords come to close because I'd have a purple shirt on, you know what I'm saying? I'd have something that don't match or it's wrinkled, you know? Y'all get where I'm going? But women are going to find something called fashion. David, we don't begin to try to decorate our house, that's our wives' job. But B, you know what our job is? To be the protector and the umbrella over our house. Yeah. He has called you men to be the priest of your household. This ain't in the notes. Now it might not be gifted to decorate a house or be the, or be the spirit of the home as the Bible calls the woman. 
But what I am called to be as a man is to cover my family in prayer and protect them against the wiles of the enemy. Yeah. And you say, well, Pastor Rex, I don't know how to pray. You don't have to know how to pray to pray. You just got to be able to know how to talk. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You know, people get hung up on, oh, this person prays better than me and this, this person prays better than me. You know God wants to hear your words. Yeah. Yes. And whether you speak King James, NIV, NLT, or whatever you speak, God don't care. He just wants to hear you pray. Right. Amen. And then he wants to do something, Jason, into your life and in my life that we don't think he wants to do. He wants to speak after we call to him. Yes. Call unto me and I will answer you. And I will show you things that you know not of. That's the reason we need the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the reason we need to manifest gifts of the power of the Holy Spirit working in our church. The gifts of the church and the power of the Holy Spirit that Paul talks about in Corinthians is not gone. I'm going to say that again. It's still here for the taking if we want it. Yes, the manifest gifts of the Holy Spirit are for the church. That means tongues. That means prophecy. That means healing. That means discernment. How many need to know some discernment? Go in business and see if you don't need the spirit of discernment. Right. Yes. Go teach school. It's a kid's a lot like a rug. I mean, they can sell iced Eskimos, Mr. Hare. I didn't do that. Well, the camera says you did. They got a gift. You know, they, like my dad said, some people would rather, uh, rather climb a tree and tell you a lie than stand on the ground and tell the truth. Come on, anybody ever been around there? Come on. Well, the Bible says that he that maketh a lie will have his place in the pits of hell. Isn't that what the word says? Yes. So that's the reason that I need to separate myself from that. And I'm going to talk to somebody for just a moment here. If God has brought you out of a situation and he's delivered you from it, don't give the devil a foothold by going back to it. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. If you got you out of alcoholism and drug abuse and, 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 and immoral lifestyles and sex, sex outside of marriage, don't go back to it. Yeah. Because it's going to be seven times harder to get out of it the next time. Come on, come on. And I, and I know that's all extra this morning, but I'm telling you, church, it's time for the church to stand up and be the church. Yeah, right. So Paul and Silas are in here. They're praising. An earthquake happens. All the chains fall off. But listen, nobody leaves the room. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're not a converted Christian and you're in prison and your chains fall off and the Bible says the doors swing open, you know why they didn't want to leave? Because they knew something was going on there that yeah. they didn't need it. Yeah, right. They knew that God himself had did that. Mm. And they may not know, listen church, you're around people, I'm around people every day. They may not know God, but they know when they see God. Hear what I'm saying? Because yeah. Yeah. people, God created a vacuum inside of each one of us. Yeah. We're going to worship something. Right. Amen? Yeah. We're going to place something in our spirits. Come on. Right. We're going to consume our lives with something. Now listen, I'm going to say this because I'm going to help some folks because I know that Pastor Rex can preach on stuff again. I just know it. That's God. I know he's going to preach on it. God don't have a problem with you having stuff. God has a problem with stuff having you. Right. Yes. And he talks about idols. Yeah. You know what? You know the reason I don't worry no more, Regina, about having a $400,000 house? Because when the trumpet of God sounds, whoever banks got it's going to get it. Come on. Yeah. They don't have it because I'm not going to need it no more. I'm going to go into heaven. Come on, church. 
Our eternal reward is heaven. We're not living to be staying. We're living to be leaving. Come on. But my call as a Christian, as a minister of the gospel, Miss Marianne, is a evangelist. You're called, wherever you add ministry in your life, you are called to be an evangelist. Plain and simple. Share Jesus with other people. Paul and Silas are there. The doors are open. We know the story. They begin to share the gospel. The very ones that had attacked them and put them in prison have bound their wounds, have cooked them a nice meal, and something else happened. That jailer wouldn't just say, the first thing the jailer asked was what? What can I do to be saved? What do I need to do to be saved? Now I'm going to go back to worship in a minute. Worship is not a 30-minute segment we do on Sunday morning. That's part of it. Worship on Sunday mornings is inviting the presence of the Lord into our church service. Amen? And you don't believe that worship means a difference? You go standing where I stand on Sunday mornings when the worship's not good. or where Y'all get where I'm going? And you say, what do you mean the worship's not good? When you don't participate, it affects the worship. Yeah. I'm not telling you how to worship. I'm telling you to forget about everybody around you worshiping your way because it affects everybody else around you. What happened if we come in here one Sunday morning and every person in this building under the sound of my voice forgot about everybody else around them and worship God in their own way? The power of the Holy Ghost would fall and so can saturate this place. People would be healed, delivered, and set free. Change would be broken. I wouldn't even have to say a word because the Holy Spirit speaks. Come on. Come on. That's good preaching right there. Because what happened when they came, Brother Keith, in Acts chapter 2, in one mind, in one accord, and they began to lift up the name of Jesus. The Bible says that, that sound, did like a, a, a wind, a mighty rushing wind fell on them, and it rested upon them. And you say, what's the, what's the significance of prayer? Every time you see praise, God does miraculous things. Yeah. What did Joshua tell the children of Israel at Jericho? These walls couldn't be conquered, Miss Marianne, but God told, Je- Je- God told Joshua to tell us, you just keep walking around that wall. Yeah. And at the end, I want you to do something called lifting praise. Yeah. And when they did that, the seventh time, which is the number of completion in the Bible, come on, y'all, y'all hear me? Yeah. yeah. When God gave Joshua direction and they obeyed, come on, obedience is better than sacrifice. You want God to bless you, start obeying God. Start living by the word. Yeah. It's not a secret. It's not, I don't, listen, I, 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 get, I, I get emails every week, grow your church quick. You want to grow your church from 200 to 2,000? Come do this. You want to grow your church quick? You let the Holy Spirit fall on the church. You let a church start praying. You want to know how, you, listen, a fire, fire trucks don't go somewhere unless there's a fire. Come on. Right. People, people are not wanting to question what's going on unless there's a fire there. You build a fire and people will come. I'm talking to the preacher this morning. Right. So they, they obeyed God. They did what Joshua told them to do and they worshiped and the Bible says the walls fell. Yeah. Because of this thing called obedience. Yeah. They had to do it the way God said to them. Now I'm talking to some people today, myself included. These guys didn't let their circumstances change them. Right. But because of their worship and their circumstances, their circumstances changed. Yeah. 
The next thing you know, they're not in a prison cell no more, but they're in, Brian, they're in somewhat a man, a, a, a prison guard, a Roman soldier's home, leading that whole family to Christ. Because their circumstances didn't change, but their praise, come on, their circumstances were they were. And some of us are there. Some of us are in some places, and I'm talking to preaching to the preacher a little bit this morning. We might be in some places that's uncomfortable. Come on. I've been in some uncomfortable places the last couple of weeks as a pastor, as a minister. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to keep praising. Because the Bible tells me that he inhabits the praise of his people. And if I want him to be present, I need to be worshiping him. Come on. If you're worried about what people think, they've seen the Church of God logo on the sign. They already know you're there. Right. 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 That little logo with a little cheese and the world, they know what that is. Yeah. They already know you're there. Don't worry about it. They, they know you're there. They know you're different, but I want to be different. Amen. Yeah. It was for them in the, in the, in the biblical times and as far as today. Right. So what we believe is, is what we see. That man was converted, David, because of what he seen. Yeah. I imagine he was probably over there checking his watch. I'm six more hours on this shift and I get to go home. You know? Yeah. That guy's going to relieve at 6 o'clock in the morning. And all of a sudden, the earthquake was going to happen. First of all, the earthquake didn't happen because worship happened. Wow. They might have sounded like 16 chickens and a tambourine singing. They may not have been able to hold a tune in the bucket and the lid on top. I'm being cussed for some of y'all. But you know what? God didn't care if they had a five-piece band or an orchestra behind them. What he cared about was that worship. Yeah, and it didn't matter if it was all pitch or it sounded like some some uh, uh, some accomplished musician. All God cared about was worship. Yeah. And when they begin to worship, and they're sitting at this man's house, leading his whole family to the Lord. Yeah. But Paul prophesied, did he not? Mm -hmm. Y'all see prophecy in the scripture? Mm -hmm. Paul said. When the man asked him, how can I be saved? Paul said it like this. And Silas, I'm sure he spoke too. Silas wasn't mute. Silas spoke too. But they said, confess your sins. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And your family. Yeah. In your household. Yeah. In your household. Yeah. Now how many of us have somebody in our family that we know are not sure they know Jesus? Yeah. How important is it worship to our lives now? Right. How important is it for us to have prayer time as churches? Right. It's more important than paving a parking lot. It's more important than fixing a bathroom. Mm -hmm. Because if we'll do that, all these other things will fall into place. Yeah. Now, we're not going to sit here and die and soak and sour. We're not going to do that. We're going to trust God and we're going to keep moving forward. The Bible says without a vision, the people perish. Yeah. Isn't that what the Bible says? So as a church, as a pastor, I'm going to keep casting vision till God takes me somewhere else. Y'all hear me today? Right. We're not going to sit here and die. You know, the lepers had a choice to make. Yeah. They were sitting there and leprosy was literally killing them and eating their body away. But the Bible says they said, why sit here while we die? Yeah. Until we die. Why don't we go over yonder? Right. Famous last words of the church. Why don't we change? Mm, that's tough, isn't it? Mm. Is change tough? Amen. Come on. Amen. Y'all don't want me to preach no more about our houses, do we? 
The change is tough. You know, every time Jennifer rearranges the furniture, Virginia, it's tough on me. She moved a little footstool. Everybody's been in our house. We got a little footstool there. She'll rearrange the furniture every once in a while, and I get up there tonight and give me something to drink or go get on the couch or whatever. Anybody ever been there? Or you go to get your wallet or your keys and you can't find it or your medicine? Come on now, guys. Get anointed here. But change is difficult. How many likes change? Is it easy when things change on your job? Is it easy when you have to change a job? Is it stressful? It is stressful. But what if God's calling you to do something that you've never done before? Yeah. What if God is calling us to be a church that's bold about Jesus Christ? Yeah. What if God is calling us to be the hands and feet of Jesus? Guess what? He is. Yeah. Because his word proclaims it. Yeah. Now these guys are sitting here and they have circumstances. And, I, and I'm almost done. Amen. Really, I'm not going to close three times a day. Just one, okay? It really at Now, Lily picks at me about that. We're cool. But these guys believed in something because they saw it. Yeah. The reason this prison guard and his whole family was saved, and I'm sure they don't mention some of those prison prisoners, but in revival, a lot of people get saved from hurt, right? Yeah. They didn't wait for the special evangelists to come in to preach good to get saved. They heard the word of the Lord. Come on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If we're waiting for everything to be all put together and all straight and everything, and everything's all good and everything's all smooth, most people don't come to the Lord when they're on top of the mountain. Most people come to the Lord when they're in a pit and in a valley. Come on. And you say, well, Pastor Rich, what are you saying? I'm telling you, God's going to have us touching people that a lot of other people, that church people don't want to touch. Come on. And he's going to have us helping people that a lot of other people throw away. But all of us, regardless of whether we're the best, cleanest sinner, or we're the worst, strung out sinner, can hear. But I'm telling what society says. Because society looks at people, don't they? Yeah. And they look at, you know, what kind of vehicle got, what kind of house you got. How many of you know that there's multi-millionaires that's messed up today? They're just as lost as the person that's homeless on the street. Come on. Right. And we begin to, what we what we do is we begin to put in our minds a, a, a little a little picture of what people should look like. Yeah. And Jesus said it like this. The healthy have no need of a physician. Yeah. It's the sick that I've come to help. Right. The woman at the well that Jesus walked 21 miles, David, out of the way was tore up from the floor. But she was there ever changed because Jesus got uncomfortable and walked 21 miles out of the well. But he didn't stop being Jesus, David, when he got there. He told her about everything she'd ever done. But he didn't tell her, you got lost and you die and you go to hell. You know what he told her? He told her the sin that was in her life and that he loved her. Right. The Bible says that you shall know, they shall know that you're my disciples by your love for one another. They didn't tell this jailer, go ahead and kill yourself. We're out of here. Right. How many Christians would do that? Oh, that door's open. Them shackles are going. I'm out of here. Yeah. Come on, I'm talking to somebody today. What about in our circumstances when God gives us our earthquake or our God moment? Are we too busy running out or are we too busy asking God what's next? Right. What can you do with me right here? What can you change in me, God, right here? What can you teach me right here? Right. And I'm not trying to tell you, listen, we know that the darkest hour is always for forward on, right? Right. And we know that Ecclesiastes tells us, Brother Keith, that, it's a, that life is a part of seasons. Right. 
Yeah. And how many knows that seasons change? Yeah. yeah. You know, thank God we don't have a year of summer in Alabama. Right. Amen. Right. Right. I mean, I walked outside, Brian, the other day to feed the cat. Walked 150 yards from the house, the back there with and, and the dog, and I was covered in sweat in five minutes. Yeah. Because it was just humid. It was tough. Yeah. But it's a season. Just what happened about November. It start cooling off. Right. The weather start changing. Leaves start turning. Come on. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Maybe. It might be December. Yeah. <laughs> y'all help me preach a little bit. Y'all just yeah. y'all chase some rabbits. I don't need no help chasing rabbits. Hey, all the church said amen. Yeah. Amen. And I promise Lily I'm closing once and I close with this. In your circumstances, where you're at. Is your praise affecting other people? Is your prayer life affecting anybody else? If God answered your prayers today that you prayed for the last week, would it change anybody else's life but your own? If God answered every prayer you prayed this week, would it change anybody else's life besides yourself? Yes. I can truthfully say, that as I pray more, Miss Mary, God gives me more to pray for. Yeah. As I get as I get into a spirit of prayer, all of a sudden, Ryan, God just begins to pop people in my mind. I pray for. I may not send that person in ten years. Yeah. There's a reason that person's coming to your mind. Yeah. That's God communicating to you. Yeah. And somebody may be on their last string of hope, yeah. and God puts that person in your mind. I know this, John, that when the Lord puts them on my mind, I'm going to at least speak a prayer for them. Come on. I may be driving down the road, but I'm going to say, God, help them. I don't know the situation, but God, you do. You make a difference right here. You move, God. Because a lot of people don't believe. Paul said it like this. The church has been given the place of unlocking the mysteries of the gospel. Isn't that what he said? Yeah. Paul said it like that. So there's some things that God's not going to do, Sister Tracy, unless the church is obedient. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not preaching you something off the wall. I'm just telling you. God's not going to do some things unless the church is where they need to be. Right. Yeah. If Paul and Silas hadn't offered a little praise, this man in his household would have never been saved. Right. If Peter hadn't obeyed the voice of God when he seen the sheep, Brother Keith, come down and out of heaven. Because right. you know what the Jew thought the Christian, the Christianity fought for the Jew. Come on, they know what they was thinking? Right. He says, I'm making ain't, there's nothing unclean. So what was he teaching them? Everybody had the opportunity to come to know Jesus. Jesus said, I came to save the world. Amen. So I close with that. I, I finish with this. Our prayers are powerful. Our prayers move God. Yeah. But your praise will change, will break down prison walls. Right. Amen. Your praise will crush mountains. Come on. Yeah. Your praise will cause rivers to part. Ask Joshua. Didn't Joshua do that? Yeah. Joshua. And children do that? 
What about Elijah standing fighting the prophets of God? Yeah. Will your praise not call down fire from heaven? Right. Your praise will move mountains. Faith of a remember the man that come to Jesus and he said, David, he said it like this. He said, this man's son was mute. The Bible said he had a demon. That's what the scripture said. He brought his son to Jesus and he said, Lord, I believe that you can heal my son. But you help my son. He took what faith he had and he gave it to God and God healed his son. Jesus healed his son. I'm talking to somebody today. Your faith may be weak, but if you'll give what you got to God, he will move on out. Yeah. I'm getting ready. I don't know about you, but every time I come in here on Sunday and on Wednesday and on these prayer times, I'm, I'm expecting mountain moving faith. Right. I'm expecting miracles to happen. Already seen some people healed around here this week. I'm just telling you, church, when the church prays and when we pray, God will open up heaven. Right. And he will move. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. And we honor you and we thank you for your word today. That we spoke to our best ability today. And I pray that this word will continue to change us, continue to heal us, continue to strengthen us, that we be challenged, God, that our praise matters to you. That in our praise you speak, that in our praise you move, in our praise you break chains, in our praise you open prison doors. In our praise, you part rivers. In our praise, you bring down mountains. In our praise, you direct our paths, God. In our praise, you save our household. In our praise. And now I speak that from one end of this room to the other. That you would loose the anointing power of your Holy Spirit above this congregation. That mountain-moving prayers will happen this week. That mountain-moving faith would go forth this week and that we would confess with our mouth and we would believe in our heart who you are and we would stand on the authority of your word in Jesus mighty name thank you for tuning into this morning's message if you were encouraged by this message and want to stay connected with the restoration fam check us out at restorationmacala.com for more messages like this, you can find us on Spotify and Facebook.